Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Tuesday, February 20th edition of the Basement Academy. As we get into our new day, and before we answer the next question, let me remind you to offer your Tuesday prayers. Today, the prayer points are for the leadership of Greenwich, praying that God would uh, support and show favor to those who are leaders, raise up uh, new leaders to help us in our efforts to reach this community and support one another well. Uh, let me invite you also to submit any questions you'd like me to address. So just kind of get that in front of you. <clears throat> our psalm for the day, I think, ties into the question, okay, in, in, in some ways. So this is Psalm 80. It's for the director of music to the tune of the Lilies of the Covenant. I wonder what that tune sounded like. Hear us, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock, you who sit enthroned between the cherubim, shine forth before Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh. Awaken your might, come and save us. Restore us, O God, Make your face shine upon us that we may be saved. O Lord God Almighty, how long will your anger smolder against the prayers of your people? You have fed them with the bread of tears. You have made them drink tears by the bowlful. You have made us a source of contention to our neighbors and our enemies mock us. Restore us, O God Almighty. Make your face shine upon us that we may be saved. You brought a vine out of Egypt. You drove out the nations and planted it. You cleared the ground for it, and it took root and filled the land. The mountains were covered with its shade, the mighty cedars with its branches. It sent out its boughs to the sea, its shoots as far as the river. Why have you broken down its walls so that all who pass by pick its grapes? Boars from the forest ravage it and the creatures of the field feed on it. Return to us, O God Almighty. Look down from heaven and see. Watch over this vine, the root your right hand has planted, the sun you have raised up for yourself. Your vine is cut down, it is burned with fire. At your rebuke, your people perish. Let your hand rest on the man at your right hand, the son of man you have raised up for yourself. Then we will not turn away from you. Revive us, and we will call on your name. Restore us, O Lord God Almighty. Make your face shine upon us, that we may be saved. Three times that refrain, restore us, O God, make your face shine upon us that we may be saved. And then recalling the, the pain and difficulty of, of Israel with their exile and other attacks. <clears throat> I think this ties in because the question today has to do with the forgiveness of our sins. Wonderful question in the context now of our Lenten um, experience. We are in the season of Lent, which rhymes with repent, metanoia, right? We studied this on Sunday. 
And so here's the question. I, I, I haven't summarized it all that well. It's, it's a little more intricate and nuanced, but as a former Catholic, how do we deal with our penitence and find absolution for our sins? In the absence of formal confession to a priest, how do Presbyterians ensure they're truly forgiven? Doesn't bypassing a priest risk making repentance seem too easy or subjective, potentially undermining the seriousness of sin? Great question. Succinct, very pointed, and and very appropriate in this Lenten season. Um, I am not well-schooled in Roman Catholic theology. So uh, the answers I'll offer must be held tentatively, right, in in, in that regard. Um, So I I don't know Roman Catholic doctrine uh, from the inside. I I have an understanding of it, uh, limited as that may be, but I do read the scriptures and this is my calling. My understanding is that in Roman Catholic theology, there is the mediating work of the church, mediated through the priest primarily, as a central part of this whole process of confession, uh, penitence, absolution. So the mediating work of the church through the priest. Hence, uh, confession Uh, I believe the term is auricular confession, audible, right? So to be able to hear, the priest hears our confession. You go to the confessional booth. um, Not sure in in the experience of this individual. I don't don't know who submitted this question, but in your experience, I'm assuming that was part of uh, your practice. And so confession, as I understand it, uh, auricular confession to be heard by the priest with then responses appropriate to the confession. The priest would offer some penitential practice, certain prayers or other practices that were to be engaged in. And then one could come to Eucharist. As my understanding is you should not come to the communion table without having um, gone through confession. And so my guess is that that's what's behind this. I don't know if this is a long member of the Greenwich family or someone who's recently among us and trying to figure out our practice. Um, in, In the Reformed Presbyterian, broadly Protestant understanding, absolution is, uh, God grants absolution, not the priest. I'm aware of the scriptures. Jesus tells Peter, you know, what you forgive on earth will be forgiven in heaven. What you bind on earth, the the binding and loosing uh, passage, if you retain the sins or or, or, uh, remit them. But I understand that's the proclamation of the gospel, that the the rock of Peter is not Peter himself. So I'm not Roman Catholic, so I don't see... um, I see that passage differently, okay? That it's the, the, the Peter's confession of Jesus as the Christ, the Son of the living God. <clears throat> that is the rock upon which Jesus builds his church, not 
Peter himself. Okay, so absolution is uh, by God, by Jesus, the great high priest. So we do confess to a priest. I do confess as Presbyterians, when we make our confession, we're making our, our, our confession through Jesus Christ, through the priesthood, the eternal priesthood of, uh, of Jesus Christ. His priesthood was different than the uh, priesthood of the old covenant. His was the order of Melchizedek. Uh, there's a whole study we could do in the book of Hebrews around that. But that Christ not only is priest, he is also sacrifice. And so that's the mystery of, of what was, the priest would offer the sacrifice in the old covenant. The priest is the sacrifice in the new covenant with, with Jesus. He offers his own life on the cross and the confirmation that that sacrifice, the Passover lamb of God, as it were, Jesus, the, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, the confirmation that that sacrifice is accepted is the resurrection. So the empty tomb confirmed that God received that sacrifice, that he honored that, that the, the blood has washed away the sins of, uh, of the people. <clears throat> and so the question in a, a, a Protestant Presbyterian Reformed um, context is, how does one then appropriate that experience of uh, forgiveness. I'm trying to choose my words thoughtfully here. So in the Roman Catholic tradition, you, you, you uh, practice, you, you confess, the priest pronounces absolution. There may be some penitential practice associated with that. And then absolution is pronounced. Um, <clears throat> we actually do that too. Um, but let me let me work to that. So we apprehend or we appropriate or we receive the pardon of God through Jesus Christ by faith. It is believing the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is believing that his death was in fact an atoning sacrifice for my sin. So so by believing that, I lay hold of that. I uh, appropriate that. Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. So salvation is by faith. Uh, in Romans chapter 1, Paul writes, this is Romans 1 verse 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. For in the gospel... A righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. And then Paul, so, so the righteousness comes from God. We don't attain the righteousness. The priest doesn't uh, provide the righteousness. It is, it is by faith. And then in, in chapter 3, Paul goes on in, in similar vein. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. So absolution comes through faith in Jesus Christ. There is no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And we are justified freely by his grace 
through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented him, that is Jesus, as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. So our belief is that the blood of Jesus Christ is what pardons me. God pardons, God absolves me of sin through the merits of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice. So, <clears throat> so I start there. Um, let me just, 1 John chapter 1, <clears throat> uh, verse 8. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So our Roman Catholic friends keep us attentive to the reality of that by the, by the insistence of auricular uh, a priestly confession. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins... He, that is God, is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin, but if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. So he is our advocate. We, we confess through Jesus Christ, he is speaking to the Father on our behalf. So he is the mediating high priest, okay? So this is the, the, the Protestant Presbyterian understanding. Now, <clears throat> the, the question is, in the absence of a formal confession to a priest, um, is it, how do we know, Okay. And so I think the question there is the assurance of pardon. There's something about hearing the priest speak the words of absolution. So, so the gospel is the assurance of pardon. The, the, the words I've just read and other places. In Jesus Christ, we find our forgiveness. And so I think the question is around assurance of pardon. So I think the, 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 what, what, what has been put to me. So at Greenwich, we celebrate communion or Eucharist on the Lord's Supper once a month. We could do it more often. We could do it less often. This is the practice of Greenwich. And always before we come to the table, we confess our sins. There's a shared unison confession. And then we invite private confession. And then words to this effect, sisters and brothers, hear and believe the good news of Jesus Christ. If God is for us, who can be against us? Or if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and for, forgive us our sins. Or as far as east is from the west, so far has he removed our sins from us. So some scriptural affirmation or confirmation of pardon, that's, we call that the assurance of pardon. And they say, in Christ or through Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. And then the very next words, so lift up your hearts. And then the congregation responds, we lift them to the Lord. Let us give him, it is right to give him thanks and praise. And so, and so this is our experience or our expression, what happens in the Roman Catholic Church privately in the confessional booth. Um, and I think also in the liturgy, uh, in the mass. Um, does bypassing the priest make our repentance too easy or subjective or potentially undermine the seriousness of sin? It's a great question. 
there is something about naming our behavior, our, our, our errant behavior, where I have failed to do the right thing, by naming that out loud to another person, I'm held accountable. I have to articulate. I have to speak to that. But if I may riff on um, uh, Forrest Gump, <clears throat> confession is as confession does. I'm just going to speculate that there are a few Roman Catholics over the years who maybe have been in the confessional booth and haven't told everything. They, they've, they've, what, I'm sure there's some way of learning, you know, particularly as children, when, when it begins to be practiced, you know, and through confirmation and beyond. We know how to say certain things. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to make fun of Roman Catholics. I'm just trying to acknowledge the reality of the human condition. So confession is as confession does. So speaking to another person, a priest, a pastor, a, a fellow Christian, about one's misdeeds is only as real as we speak our heart. And, and we may deceive ourselves even in our confession, even in our, our spoken confession, we still may withhold. And so that being the case, we confess directly, but God knows the secrets of the heart. So even as one is speaking to the priest, the, the, the human priest, the divine high priest who sees the secrets of our hearts knows that we're not coming all the way clean. And he still forgives us. He still forgives us. His blood washes all our sins, not some of our sins, not the ones we remembered, because now this would make confession, this would make forgiveness a work. I have to remember, oh my gosh, I forgot that thing I said three days ago. Ooh, I just remembered that. Or my motives, I cannot know my motives. I might have something I believe to actually been a good deed, so I don't confess the good thing I believe I've done, might actually have sprung from an impure motive for a it might have been vainglory. I might have been trying to draw the attention of others to myself as the Pharisees were with their acts of righteousness. They were doing it to be seen by men. And so, so in our confession, it's always general, right? I am confessing that I need Christ. I need God's forgiveness and, and mercy. <clears throat> The seriousness of sin is not something I subjectively become aware of. I objectively look at the death of Jesus Christ, and that tells me how serious my sin is. My sin drove him to the cross. My sin deserves death. I deserve the punishment of death for my sin. I have rebelled against the King of heaven, the creator of heaven and earth, the Holy One perfect, righteous in all ways, who is in flaming fire, God who is unapproachable. I have offended against that God. I deserve to die. And so that's the seriousness of sin. Of sin seriousness of sin. And so 
I behold Christ on the cross. And I see that's how serious sin is. Now, I want to have a subjective awareness of that. I want to have pangs of conscience around that. And so this is why we often associate penitence and, and repentance with feeling bad and feeling ashamed. But I, I can't make my feelings of shame. Some, we're just put together differently. Not all of us have the same emotional responses to the reality. Some of us are of tender heart and we're, we're very tender conscience, conscience, conscious. And when we offend, we feel it. Others offend and say, oh man, I'm such a knucklehead. I am so sorry. I don't feel overwhelmed with guilt and shame. And so we have to be careful not to make our subjective feelings the measure of the seriousness of sin. The seriousness of sin is demonstrated by Christ's death on the cross, not how badly I feel about my sin. Okay. I, ho I hope that makes sense. And I'm not trying to to scold or, or, or condescend to the questioner here. And so this is the, the study that we're engaging in, metanoia, repentance, metanoia, a change of mind. We need to change our minds the way we think about God and our sin and Jesus and, and so many of these things. I, confession is essentially agreeing. I am agreeing with God that I have sinned. God knows the deal. I, confession, confession isn't to try to get me to come. I, it's not like I'm not, I, I don't get cleaned up if I forget to confess a sin. Confession is to keep in front of me my need for the Savior that God's view of my sin, <laughs> he's against my sin. He's not against me. He's not against you. He's against our sin. He's against that which is against us. Our sin diminishes us, diminishes his glory, his image, his likeness in us. And so it's, it's getting us to agree, God, my sin is bringing me down. And so that's the, the, the purpose of confession as I understand it. The subjective reality of trying to convince me that I need, I need him and I need to change my mind with the way the things I think I want and I need and my pride and my lust and my greed and my sloth and, and the like, that these are bad for me. It's not that God's against me. He's against the pride, the greed, the lust, the sloth, the, 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 the wrath, etc. And so just let me just close. Out. It's been a little long here, so I apologize for the length of this, but but hopefully this is helpful. Let me let me continue clarify some things. We Presbyterian pastors do hear sin. If you would like to come make an appointment, I don't know who, who, who submitted the question, but if you're listening, please, if you'd like to come and as part of your own spiritual practice of making a, a spoken confession, let's do so. Please. I have done this before and I will pray with you and I will remind you that you are forgiven through Jesus Christ. And so the assurance of pardon, the absolution is, as it's spoken of, will be declared. It's just not necessary. In the same way, let me, let me clarify one other confusion. We Presbyterians immerse. You know, our Baptist friends, you Presbyterians don't immerse. Oh, yes, we do. We just don't believe it's required. So we don't believe 
spoken confession to the pastor is required before one may be forgiven because the priest is Jesus. We don't believe that you must be immersed in order to, you know, you may be sprinkled. Baptism is the water and it is what it symbolizes and points. So, so there are some misconceptions about our Presbyterian practices. We just don't think these are required realities, but absolutely, let's, let's go. So if you would like, whoever this is, if you'd like to make an appointment, let's do that and we can do that regularly. I'm here for you and others who would like to do that, who would like to talk through some of the things that are troubling your conscience. I would be more than happy to listen without judgment. And then we will pray together and we will speak of, of these, these scriptures. So anyway, let, let me wrap it up there. Great question. Thank you. If there's a follow-up question that this answer sparks, please submit a, a follow-up and I'd love to address that as well. But, but thanks be to God for his son, Jesus Christ, who is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and for the sins of the world. May we come to all embrace him as he wishes us to do so. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this wonderful question. Lord, take anything I've said that is unhelpful, untrue, unwise, that does not bring deeper maturity and a greater uh, walk with Jesus Christ into this individual or our lives. Lord, blow that away. Blow anything I've said away with the wind of your spirit, but cause that which is true and good to remain. And may we praise you for the righteousness that you bring to us through Jesus Christ. We acknowledge our need. We could never acknowledge all of our need because we, our hearts are so corrupt, we cannot even perceive the depth of our own need. So hear our prayer as we make it in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the grace and mercy and pardon and forgiveness and peace of God through Jesus Christ be yours this day and forevermore. Amen.